It's the Willy Diggs, Willy Diggs, the Willy Diggs Show. Willie Diggs Productions. Check out WillieDiggsProductions.com for all your photography and videography needs. The best host in history. It's Willie Diggs. So I'm here today back on the Willie Diggs show with Art and he's into distribution originally in in the fashion industry. So here talking to him and just chopping it up about his transition just tell us a little about, you know, how you got into the industry, how, because uh, I know you were in fashion, you made that switch, so was that a tough transition, or what was it like for you? It was kind of organic in a way, because I've always loved cinema, and I grew up on Russian cinema in particular, like in 70s and 80s, and but I also loved fashion too, but fashion felt like more of a realistic thing to do, like filmmaking seemed something that was like, done somewhere I don't know in a secret place <laughs> so I, I yeah I designed clothing for a long time for about 20 years uh, but I always wrote short stories here and there and one time a best friend of mine asked me if I wanted to write a short script and I was like mm, sure and I did it and it was a really first project that we produced together and that's how it started I caught the bug I guess as they say and did another short film and then started started writing more features and produced and directed some features as well. Um, now I've developed a taste for uh, TV as well, so I'm writing more pilots and some mini series as well. So it was kind of unexpected, but I felt like it was meant to happen in a way. How's um like those first few films you did, being that you were transitioning from fashion to like film and you know you didn't really know much about it how uh, how did you go about things like did you contact people that you knew in the industry or sort of just used your resources from people that you knew or just you know figured you would just try it out and you know if it uh improve upon what you did what you didn't do right or how did you go about doing that first for those first few short films yeah it definitely was a learning experience and of course i feel like with every film i film i do up to this day i'm still like learning so much because i'm I might be not as technical as some people, but I think like that 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 strive to to achieve the visual aspect of it in a certain way. I guess the fashion background and stuff and, and all that influence that I've had. Def- yeah, definitely. I I learned on set. I learned on set. Um, as far as writing, I'm I'm learning from anywhere I can. Uh, there's so much stuff on YouTube online or. Just reading scripts as well helps me to format and stuff. But yeah, learning is constantly learning. But there was this because I got into um, it later than most people in my late thirties. I was kind of more bold about it. Like you know what, my life's short and I'm older, and, but so I'm just gonna do it. You know. Yeah. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna do my best and learn hopefully. And if it doesn't work, move on to the next one. And if it works, great. And then you see what work, what worked and what didn't on, on each set that you're on, right? Yeah, exactly. And there was always like this voice in my head, just do it, you know, who cares? Just do it. If you fail, just do it. 
you know? That's a big obstacle, I think, for a lot of filmmakers, that things don't turn out the the way that they wanted to on one, one film, and then, mm-hmm. then they just can't do anything anymore because it just brings them so far down where it's yeah. like, you know, they're dejected. It's, it's like the end of the world. Your movie failed, or it sucks, or the sound doesn't work, or acting wasn't there, or I don't know. You didn't get the shots, the angles. I'm like, just relax and move on to the next one. Learn your lesson and move on to the next one. Because I, I feel like this is one of those industries where there's no really formula for for, for a successful movie. Yeah. Yes, there's certain elements you have to achieve, you know, great sound, great acting, you know, um, visual style, whatever it is for you, right? As a director or producer, right, or whatnot. But I feel like there's no really formula. I mean, there's some great movies that, that don't really meet that criteria but they're still great you know there's some little small movies that are kind of rough around the edges but you love the story or you love love the lead character so there's not really one way to describe a good movie so why do we put that pressure on ourselves to be like Spielberg or like Scorsese you know what I mean yeah I think the beauty of, of filmmaking is developing your own style your own voice so you don't have to make movies like tarantino you should make movies the best way you know how to make movies in a way i mean but you know what another thing it's okay to steal like it's 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 such a uh, one of those again the industry where you can steal things you know you can borrow it's it's almost like what is that a form of flattery if you're um stealing shots from Martin Scorsese, for example, or you copy writing style too, in a way, until you like. Uh, that's that's been my experience, to be honest. Until I'm de- like I, I'm developing until I till I till I can uh, can say that yes, this is my style. I had to, I, I I read a bunch of scripts that, of the films that I enjoyed, and I learned how that style was shaped for that particular writer that particular filmmaker for sure even tarantino like you yeah. know even they call they call him the auteur and you know that he's original but mm. even he says it that he took from move like the old western style like those standoffs that he does yeah he took that from yeah. other filmmakers yeah and the other elements that he throws in there too I guess because uh, I read a I read a book. He was talking about Reservoir Dogs and True Romance, and you know how he uses excessive blood. He does that because he feels like there's more blood in real life than a lot of other filmmakers show in their in their movies. Uh-huh. So he wants to keep it as realistic as possible. Uh-huh. And then the Old West, he took that. So he really just molded all those things along with the comedic elements that he throws in. Yeah. He's just mol- molding the three of them into his own style yeah so that's you know i feel like that that's what you you should do as a filmmaker is just take elements from all the types of filmmakers that you enjoy and sort of mold them into yourself yeah it's like it's like a buffet right you go to you build your plate and you pull pull the ingredients or pull the items of the uh, shelves that you like and you create your own plate in a way yeah right your own taste in a way yeah, for sure. I think I <laughs> it's allowed, basically. I mean, if Tarantino says he does that, I mean, they all do, right? Martin yeah. Scorsese always says that he's inspired by Andrei Tarkovsky, who's a Russian filmmaker, Russian Russian director. 
I mean, that's what it's there for, for us to take it and hopefully move forward and add something to it or bring our own flavor to it, to what already exists. I think it's, it's fine, you know. Uh, so those first few films that you were you did and the films you're doing now, yeah. is there anything in, like a particular genre or, or style that you enjoy that you're passionate about or certain filmmakers that you enjoy more that you try to like take a little from this one, take a little from that one or certain style or, you know, yeah. genre? Well, I, I, I do like female protagonists. Like I like a, I like a good... Um, mother character for example as a lead like a middle-aged middle-aged um a woman who's a mother um i, I like that i've always liked that dynamic mother son mother daughter so so that's that's a kind of like a, a recurring theme in my scripts because i write most of the stuff that i direct so that's a recurring theme for sure i don't know what this, that says about me i probably have issues with my parents <laughs> I, I mean who doesn't right <laughs> But I, I like I like that I I like that uh, dynamic parent and child for sure. So that's kind of like uh, recurring to me. As far as filmmakers that I learn from, I mean you know Martin Scorsese is great. Luca Guadagnino is great. I love his stuff. Denis Villeneuve is great. Like he's kind of like does different genres. He did he does he does sci-fi. He does uh, drama. I mean. I feel like he has a like a, he's very eclectic in my opinion, but every movie that I've seen he's done so far is is great. It's fantastic. There's so much yeah, and there's older stuff from like Russian cinema that I grew up with, has also influenced me for sure. Like the 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 dialogue, the irony in the dialogue, that I like. I got to mm. check some of those those filmmakers out. I haven't heard I haven't heard of all of them. Are, would I be able to watch all of those say on like a Netflix type thing or oh, like I'm, would I have to look them up? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh look at what Anina did Call Me by Your Name. It was nominated for an Oscar. He did he did, he works a lot with Tilda Swinton. He's it's very um to me he's very he's Italian. He's very like romantic. It's it's always beautiful imagery and he has a specific tone that I enjoy. It's kind of like you're watching uh, things play out in front of you. And Denis Villeneuve did uh, Arrival and uh, Blade Runner, the new one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was big. Yeah. Sicario. Oh, yeah, Sicario. Yeah. That's a great movie, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much great stuff. I mean, there's like newer guys guys and gals. Um, Little Women was great. I, I really liked it. It's a period film. But what Greta did with it, she brought something new to it, and it's so modern. I really enjoyed that. And my, my favorite movie up to this day is The the Piano from the 90s by Jane Campion. I don't think I've seen that one, but... Uh, it's probably before you were born. I'm, I'm going to check that out, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say it's 1992, um, New Zealand. Jane Campion is from New Zealand. Yeah, that movie was so beautiful and pushed a lot of buttons. This is the first time that I've seen like nudity, for example, like one of the elements, nudity um, and the way intimacy is portrayed in the film in such a just raw way. And I was just watching it on TV and so like shocked, but at the same time, so like, can this really be done? And people are doing it in movies. This is great. I love it. And it's beautiful and it's real. Yeah, there's like a certain couple of movies that just really um, push all the buttons in you and you just can't shake that off for sure and that's 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 a, I think that's a sign of a filmmaker that 
a thoughtful filmmaker in a way thoughtful I don't know if it's right it sounds so pretentious but yeah push buttons you know I mean Parasite right pushed all the buttons right you didn't yeah. expect that you didn't expect that it, it has the violence all of a sudden and then it's uh, a lot of t- twists and turns right yeah yeah it's, it seemed like Parasite were I thought where I thought it was unique was it seemed like a really like happy-go-lucky sort of you know Disney happy happy movie <laughs> you know Disney with blood <laughs> I was ready for you know <laughs> like little cartoon characters to come out and start smiling yeah. and then all of a sudden things go haywire yeah or it totally flips into like from Disney to like Michael Myers like uh, yeah there's like a switch in the movie and it's like really abrupt you don't see that I haven't I haven't seen that done in a lot of a lot of movies that I've watched so it was unique in that regard I think yeah as a, as a person who who was born and raised in asia i think maybe we have to ask a korean person but maybe that's a that's a specific to korean culture where there's like a just juxtaposition of this like you said first it started out as comedy right yeah like and then turned dark comedy and then it became a thriller and then there's like horror elements maybe that's a, that's i don't know i it, we need to ask somebody who's korean but uh yeah that's interesting that's very interesting yeah i like that i, w- I would definitely uh, i gotta check it out again so as far as like new filmmakers getting involved in film and you know looking to take sort of the same path that you did maybe hot people that aren't involved in film they don't they don't really know much about it and they're in maybe other other fields whatever it may be Engin- sure. engineering architecture mm. you know advertising and they decide they want to hop into film you know, you've done it. You've gone. The, you've walked the path. What would what would your advice be to them? Like, what would, how should they get involved? You know, what what are your recommendations to like newcomers? I, I mean I mean I, I would just say just do it. You know, um, there are some ter- certain things you can learn. I'm still learning constantly every day. You know, uh, online on YouTube. There's like if you want to write a short script. How to write a short script you just go on youtube and it gives you uh, there's a lot of different uh, filmmakers that give you advice on how to do it that's writing right or you can read a, a, a script that you like of a film that you like and kind of learn a little bit of a structure uh, but not too much because i feel like when you, when we learn in my experience like if i learn too much of a structure and then i force myself to fit my script or story into the structure and it's just kind of doesn't always work so it's I like a little bit of randomness but that's just my personal opinion I, I would just say just do it just do it I don't know if you have money do a short film and just do it yeah and do you think there's more important things to pay attention to like as far as sound or cinematography or the acting or the story or what do you what do you think are the elements as a new filmmaker are the most important to pay attention to or get right should I say I, I think story is still I, I, I that's just my opinion I think story is the most important yeah whatever the story you want to see on screen just do it you know if the story is good enough other things technical things other people can help you with right like the sound somebody could who's talented sound recordist or sound mixer could do it um, a camera person or DP and score uh, but yeah it starts with, uh, with with a cohesive story that makes sense and kind of takes you on a journey and then just get the get those people that have their talents I mean to... if you can afford it yeah if you can afford it I mean yeah 
I, again, like going back to our uh, to what we kind of talked before the conversation is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Why does it have to be perfect? You know? Yeah. It's all about learning. You know? Yeah, and it's all subjective. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And if if I believe it, if you like the story, then there'll be other people that would like it for sure. So it doesn't have to be the same. It doesn't have to be Parasite. It doesn't have to be 1917. It could be your know your own story for sure yeah so after after those first few films then i know you said it sort of developed organically where filmmakers started coming to you for distribution so yeah just tell us a little about how that happened and then where where you are today and about the platforms you know how people if there's filmmakers out there that want to reach out to you and send you their stuff you know how they could reach out to you and you know Mm. tell us a little about the whole transition into that yeah so my business partner Armand Petri and I started Together Magic Film Group as a production company first. But then we saw an opportunity in distribution as well to distribute our own films, but also potentially distribute titles and films, documentary series from other filmmakers. So it kind of was a twofold for us. We actively seeked out, seeked, looked for um, titles to license and distribute, and filmmakers found us as well. So uh, filmmakers were finding you at this point and you were finding yeah. films to license and distribute. Yeah, yeah. And as we, and as we did that, um, it kind of uh, some of the genres kind of floated up to the top as a, as a more in-demand, I should say. And of course, one of them was horror. I mean, right? It's like universal <laughs> genre that everybody considered as a, as, a, as a most successful especially in the indie film because you can make a cheap horror film that's great right and people love it so yeah and then as we as the model let's say with Amazon change uh, with the way they uh, re- uh, share their profits with independent filmmakers we kind of didn't want to depend just on these platforms that's why we started our own so we launched uh, Binge Horror streaming service first and you know focusing on on horror and thriller some action like darker themes um yeah and it's available on uh, apple tv google play roku fire tv and also uh, an ios and android um, app you can download it for free uh, subscri- subscription based so binge horror was first and the other genre that did, re- did really well for us was gay and LGBTQ content as well and in August of uh, last year we launched Gay Binge TV which is also on Roku Fire TV and it's going to be an app at some point as well so so yeah so Together Magic Film has become this kind of like a uh, a mini studio in a where in a way where we produce we distribute and we also have streaming services as well so you're care- carefully curating both of the streaming services that we have now within sure. those within those two genres horror gay lgbt films mm-hmm. is there like a niche within the niche like a type of a certain type of those genres a type of film from those genres that you're looking for like say filmmakers are reaching out to you and they have films in that genre is there a specific type of film within that those niches that you're looking for or just anything in those genres it, it has to be um uh, has to have a, has to have a good story. It has to be genre specific in a way. Like for Gay Binge TV, for example, it needs to have a gay or LGBT 
lead character, for example, or it could be a group of characters that are, you know, LGBTQ, whatnot, queer is a new word people use to kind of encompass the whole rainbow universe. Like, for example, with Gay Binge TV, we have, if you go on our uh, website, gaybingetv.com, you'll see we have categories, uh, romance, drama, documentary, horror even, right? So it's, it, yeah, it basically needs to be genre specific for, for binge horror is horror or any darker, darker themes like some action or, you know, uh, suspense even. Um, and it would give in Chile, like I said, it needs to be uh, gay or LGBTQ specific. Yeah. And are there are certain like horrors that you enjoy more, like say like a paranormal activity or yeah. cabin I, fever or, huh. you know? I personally like horror that there's more of a high caliber, like the conjuring that has that good production value to it. Yeah. Right. I definitely enjoy that. But I know that our subscribers, they sometimes like love the dirty, gritty kind of... Cheaper is not the right word. Yeah, but dirty, grittier stuff for sure. For sure, yeah. A lot of our um, horror junkies, they love that kind of stuff. And I think that's that's also an appeal within the genre. That Like I, like I was saying, you can make it cheap, um, <laughs> Gorilla style stuff, but if if the horror is there, if the story is there, and the scares or whatnot, they love it. But I personally like more high high caliber horror for sure. And I know you said like action thriller sort of things yeah. too. Like what what would fall under that genre? Like a Mandy sort of film or Sh- sure, like sh- you know, like some shooting and action and chases, suspense, like like a cop drama. Uh, because yeah, because uh, for binge horror, sometimes our audience want to have a break from traditional horror and want to watch something else, you know? Have a little date night and watch something else that's not necessarily <laughs> involves blood, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's on the, uh, anything on the horizons now? What, what are, uh, what's going on now with the, the whole platforms? So, so yeah, we're becoming more and more careful as far as what we're signing for sure. I'm looking for more production value. Uh, and the sound needs to be better, you know. We're just trying to raise the bar for ourselves. Yeah, demand demand more of ourselves. Yeah, so the story needs to be better, the production value needs to be better, sound needs to be better. And we, and stuff that we're producing ourselves, we too, we, we're taking more time now to, to kind of focus on the quality of whether the script needs to be better, more cohesive and stuff like that. That's next for us, for sure. <laughs> And if people want to um, reach out and touch base with you, where's the best place for them to reach you? They can definitely go to togethermagicfilmgroup.com and you can find links there to our streaming services and <clears throat> see the films that we've signed signed and licensed. Um, and everything is listed there, our contact information that is there. And we're pretty good at responding to people. Yeah, because one of one of the, our uh, advantages is that we are filmmakers ourselves, so we understand how much heart and hard work and blood and sweat goes into making movies. So we do our best to treat movies, you know, the way they deserve to be treated, and work with filmmakers speaking their language as well. And I know you said uh, you sh- you want to do things, uh, you know, uh, the movies that you back or stand behind are ones that you're you're really passionate about. So like, mm. 
which are what are some of the like the last films that you're pat that you've been passionate about that you signed and you know that are available to watch right now on the platforms yes um so there is this documentary film from tunisia and it's a obviously foreign language feature documentary feature length documentary and it's on gay binge tv and it's called upon the shadow and it's so well made um, the locations are beautiful um, and, and takes you to that country, you know, it takes you to that um, uh, Muslim culture, right? So it's about this woman who has a house and she um, provides shelter to LGBTQ people. Most of them are younger uh, because it's legally, uh, they're, they're, they're legally pro- prosecuted there in the country. But yeah, it's it's very beautifully done. It's very heartfelt, but it's also funny in a lot of ways. Is that a real thing? Like in Tunisia, that's really going on, or is that? Yeah, more? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene where they're walking down the street, um, and some of them, uh, tra- uh, two of them are trans trans women, and I guess um, some of the guys in the street kind of recognized it, and they get into a physical fight. Yeah, it's and it's illegal. It's illegal. I mean, in many countries, it is illegal, like Russia, for example. You know, um, Uzbekistan, where I come from, is also illegal to be um, LGBTQ. Yeah, I've seen like yeah. some documentaries over there where it's um, it was like a Dateline special where like the guy went over there and like the journalist. Yeah. And he said that he was scared to like sort of be next to it was like one of the generals or something like that. They were the, yeah. they sort of like went undercover. Yeah. And then they they asked him, I guess, like murdering like um, LGBT people. Yeah. So he went undercover and he asked him face to face, like with the uh, news reporters and everything, you know, oh. are you, you know, do you have hate towards, towards LGBT? Are you, you yeah. know, are you really like, murdering these people? Like what's going on here? And he, he denied like killing anybody, Yeah. but he said that he said like they, they wouldn't be my friend or something like that. Yeah. And that's where it starts. You know, if, the, if, if a government official says that it gives permission to people in the streets to be violent yeah for no so, reason yeah so it start, starts with the government so yeah absolutely but that particular movie Upon the Shadow is besides the what it talks about besides uh, the theme of it it's also beautifully shot uh, the music is beautiful the locations are beautiful like all those elements of a good movie are there and I was really passionate about it the, the minute I saw it I'm like wow we have to have it who was the sure. uh, uh, director? Who put it together? You know what? I don't remember, but yeah, it's all it all was done there locally. Oh, I'd love to check that out. Yeah. I love a uh, great cinematography. So yeah, upon the shadow. Anybody else so you'd like to give a shout out to or anything like that, or anybody you wanna, anybody else you wanna mention? <laughs> well, my business partner Armand Petrie, um, he's based in Louisiana, and I'm here. I miss him. <laughs> if, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a definitely. Uh, you know how you how they say you have to have your support, you have to have your gang in the in the film industry. I mean anywhere, right? In life in yeah. general. But yeah, he's definitely been one of those people that's always been there professionally pushing me always, but also a good friend too, which I'm lucky. Who I'm lucky to have. Is he coming back to to LA anytime soon, or is he gonna um, hang I, out? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I don't think so. He's happy there. Yeah. Cost of living is probably what like uh, oh yeah thousands of dollars less. Oh yeah, but it's also a beautiful place where he lives. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going there at the end of March, so we're gonna do a little work. 
Louisiana. Yep. A lot yeah. of uh, a lot of parts got destroyed with the um with the with the Katrina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually shot a feature film there back in twenty seventeen. Really? Um, yeah, it's called Are You from Dixie, and it's available on Amazon and everywhere else. Um, yeah, it's it talks about um, the Confederate monuments and it's it's a it's a like about racism. It's about two Mexican brothers who live in the South and being harassed by, you know racists and it was it was it was great it was a great experience shooting there in louisiana people are great the locations are beautiful that sounds i want to watch it you you already sold me i want to watch it watch it are you from dixie (laughs) sounds awesome yeah yeah well thank you for coming on the show art and uh thank you for having me. I hope that one day uh, I have a script for you or, you know, <laughs> yes, we, we can make some, some magic, some movie magic. For sure. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. This is my first uh, podcast interview. Um, thank you for being my first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank it, you. It was a good it. time. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. coming on the show. Thank you.